What's going on, everybody? My name is Eric Velasquez. This is Alamo City Agenda. We're here with another City Council 2 District candidate, Mr. Michael Good. How are you, sir? I'm doing great this morning. Awesome. How was your weekend? Great. Awesome. Um, was it too short as well? So tell us a little bit about yourself. Born and raised in San Antonio. I've lived in other cities, but gravitated back to San Antonio. Actually, I was, I'm living in the house my parents moved into. Oh, wow. Nice. Six months old. <laughs> my crib was the first thing brought off the U-Haul. Do you still have a crib? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> and I have worked in social work in the past. I've worked for Child Protective Services as an investigator. I've worked for... Texas Department of Criminal Justice, and also worked at Roy Moss Youth Alternatives, which is a long-term placement for children who are awaiting placement. Okay. And I'm currently working in logistics, and I uh, went to St. Mary's. I have a bachelor's degree from St. Mary's. The uh, person who ran the program did not call it criminal justice. He called it public justice, and his thinking was that criminals deserve punishment, the public deserves justice. Mm. And he actually, his name was Oscar, Oscar Gretschaufen. He uh, had interrogated German war criminals in World War II. He was very awesome as an instructor. Learned a lot from him. I also have a associate's degree in home building from St. Phillips, as well as an automotive technology degree from St. Phillips. Okay. I have three dogs and a cat. <laughs> and Do you have a favorite? They're all my favorite. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> that, they're watching right now. No. <laughs> they, don't, they don't let you pick a team. <laughs> They're like, it's either all or nothing. Exactly. Uh, Brenda, what's going on, Brenda? She says, hello there. How are you both? I'm doing great, ma'am. <laughs> um, okay, so tell us, why did you move back to D2? Other than the crib, not the, the, uh, the house. I came back when I left Del Rio in 2003. I moved back to San Antonio. Okay. And I've been here ever since. Is there any, any reason why you chose to come back? Other than, like I said, the, the house itself? or Family, the culture in San Antonio. I uh, know the area. I actually have a friend right up the street here in Carson that I worked with, one of my associates. Okay. And uh, it's just I know the city. Okay. Because um, we were talking about D2 and, like, how people don't want to come back uh, to D2. They want to get away from here because there's no opportunities there's no um other options like you know for food and stuff like that so what's your take on that there are options for people uh, st phillips college the southwest campus has trades there's almost six hundred thousand jobs available in the trades nationwide and they have programs out there they have an hvac program for air conditioning heating. They have construction, they have machining, they have diesel mechanics, they have welding. They just opened a brand new building 
for their welding and auto body programs. Brand new. So all the stations are new, all the equipment is new. <laughs> there are opportunities out there. And many of these trade programs, the business owners will give you a stipend and they'll have pay for your tuition. And, uh, they're awesome. Do you think there's not enough like um like uh different types of, of occupations though, like to where like office settings or things like that? Because from from what you're saying, it sounds like there's a lot of like blue collar jobs kind of thing. Um, do you think there's there could be more uh, opportunity for like offices, like office work or anything like that? I think the dynamic of the world is changing with what we're doing here. You know, Twenty years ago, the equipment that you have. Yeah. Twenty years ago, if we said that you could do this at a table. <laughs> They probably send a white van and straight jackets right. for both of us. And we'd be gone to task. The uh, robotics are yeah. changing things. They're replacing jobs. So we have to be on top of things. Our students in school need to be trained in robotics, and they need to be geared that way. It's just like we were just talking about. I have a cell phone. Yeah. That is the ticket to the world. I can look up anything. I can look up the weather anywhere in the United States, yeah. in the world. Yeah. And we have to get people keyed in to those jobs that they're robotics. So there's a grocery store outside of San Diego that totally works on, uh, you don't go to the store, you order online. You put on the virtual reality goggles, mm -hmm. and you can pick bullseye in on your tomato or your avocado, and they have the little ro there's a little robot that goes around, and it will grab that avocado or tomato and squeeze it, and there's a texture <laughs> bar to tell you how squishy it is. And, of course, doing that, those jobs working in the stores are going to go away. Yeah. Look at Amazon. But McDonald's too. McDonald's yes. too. Yeah. So what do you think is going to be a different option other than like the trade schools? I, I think robotics. I think uh, building things. Uh, we're just, we're moving into that technological revolution. I don't think we're prepared. Yeah. Well, you know, there was an argument of, uh, I think is uh, in China, they have where like TikTok videos or, that are coming out are more instructional and things like that. Whereas here, it's more like, oh, let's see what kind of silly dance you're going to do. You know, it's entertainment. <laughs> entertainment, yeah. Versus education. Right. And so, you think that's a big problem right now with, with like the, the actual youth? I think we have some really smart youth out there. I talked to a young man. I broke my cell phone a couple of years ago and I took it into the. I break you fix. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and he told me he had a shirt. It said class of the same year that I went in. And I asked him, I said, how did you get into cell phones? And he said, when I was in eighth grade, I went and bought a, uh, he said, I cut grass and I bought a kit to fix phones from Amazon. And then I went to AT&T and bought a box of phones for $100. <laughs> and he said, I started taking them apart. It took me five 
phones to figure it out. And he said, and I got comfortable doing it. He said, well, my mom broke her phone and I fixed it. My mom is a teacher. So she went and was bragging on me and it was free advertising. <laughs> he said when he was in eighth grade, he was making $700 a week fixing phones. Mm. And he said his biggest week was $2,200. And he told me, he said, don't tell my mom. He said, but there were a couple of days that I skipped school because I had so many phones to fix. that I had to play hooky and play that I was sick. That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a different dynamic for sure. Uh, do you, what, what's the biggest thing that you've heard uh, while you're campaigning, like from the, from the community that their concerns are? Crime is a big one. Gentrification, especially in this area. If we drive in some of the areas, some of the elderly people that have lived here for generations, they're fearful that they're going to be taxed out of their house mm -hmm. because around the block, developers are buying these houses. They're either rehabbing them or they're tearing them down and they're building new structures. And it's when they sell them, it increases the tax base. Yeah. Yeah. So all those folks that are on a fixed income, they're on social security. And if they were blessed enough to get a pension, they're scared. Yeah. Because they don't have anywhere else to go. Yeah. And they've had this house. This house has been in their family for multiple generations. Crime is also an issue. Yeah. Uh, it's out of control. I, I mean, I drive past Marbach and 410 on a regular basis, and you can see where these folks have stopped traffic. And they're doing burnouts on the street. Oh, you yeah. see the yeah, that has been a, an issue recently. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, Brenda said, "Shared in fifteen groups. Uh, this is great information. People need to know. Thank you for your life. Thank you, thank you, Brenda, for sharing. Appreciate it. Thank you. Um, <clears throat> so, what's the what's the one thing that um, your priority will be uh, if you get elected in office? I would like to bring more jobs to the district." I actually, one thing that it's a vision, and some people are on board with it. Some people look at me like I'm crazy as a Mad Hatter. <laughs> but I would like to bring a bigger convention center to the city on the scope of to compete with the Las Vegas Convention Center and the Convention Center in Orlando that have over a million square feet of vendor space so that you can get the big conventions and you can get the big shows. Yeah. I think we're perfect for that. I've attended some builder trade shows and I don't think our convention industry should be centered around the river wall. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I, I agree. But I also like, I think they do it obviously because it's a tourist area. And obviously, a lot of people, local folk, don't go down to the river center, but, uh, or river, river area. But I mean, that's where a lot of people want to go to that are coming in from out of these, these uh, conventions. So, how do you think that would affect it if you move it farther out? 
I think it'll bring more business to the city because I think you'll be you'll be getting a different plateau of conventions that are coming in, and you'll be getting bigger ones. And it will also it will help develop the area because you will have uh, you will have jobs obviously there. So why are we seeing that with the AT&T Center, though? It's limited in scope. Where, where it's at is the location. There's not, I mean, you have Daily Wells Communication, you have Coca-Cola across the street, and yeah. there's a, a number of other little Southwest, I believe it's Southwest Trailer. I shouldn't know because I go there on a regular basis. <laughs> probably shaking their head. But uh, there's not the space to mm. expand. Right. Yeah. Well, but that's the thing is, where would you put it? We have properties and plots of land. I've looked around in my travels. Now, question, now question though, would you use eminent domain on those situations? No. Would you use eminent domain on any of this, any situation? Or, like, what would be dependent on you seeking eminent domain? It would have to be a life safety issue to okay. do that. I mean, I disagree with what they did down at the Alamo. Yeah, the Moses. That was, uh, you know, you have property. And I haven't studied exactly how that general, how those folks got that property, but it's an asset and it shouldn't be, you shouldn't just steamroll somebody just because you want to put in this project. Yeah. And you have to, and part of going, uh, I haven't been to the Alamo in a couple of years, but it's just going down there and seeing some of those businesses, it's just part of the it's part of the experience, I guess. <laughs> right, right. Well, that's that's that was the point I was like trying to make is with the convention center being right there within walking distance of all this stuff. I mean, it's it's where it needs to be, but maybe could we expand bigger to that, or you know? I don't see us doing that. And looking at you know, and I'm envisioning million square feet. You know, big, go bigger, stay home. But but Vegas is so trashy, though. <laughs> but they have that. Yeah. They get the big conventions. Yeah, they do. And there's things too that would attract. I mean, they can come down here. Uh, you know, if, if a group comes down here and they're doing a convention, you know, they we're so close to the coast. Yeah. Know, if they want to go deep sea fishing, saltwater fishing, and go pier fishing on the the uh, I believe they rebuilt at the Bob Hall Pier. You know, we have Fiesta, Texas. We have the park up in Taylor. I mean, if they want to go, we, there's a lot of things for them to do. Yeah. You know, not just, you know, because I see, I'm not, a, I'm not a gambler, but, you know, going there and just seeing those people just, you know, sticking those money <laughs> in those machines, and I'm like, whoa. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's, a, it's a difficult thing because, you know, we put already a lot of money into those convention centers already. Um you know, and now they want to do increase the airport, you know, size. So they're they're, they're trying to get more people in, but um, like you said, is how big? How much are they using the convention center facility? Are they using all of it when these big conventions come in, or not? 
you know? I think they do as best they can, but again, you're limited to in, in size. Right. But, but that's the thing is, is have you looked in to see how, how much of the convention center is being used for some of the bigger conventions? Because if, if we don't need it, then what's the point of trying to get another convention center? I think we can compete because I think we have a lot of amenities mm-hmm. that those other places don't offer. I mean, like you said, Vegas is a pretty rough yeah. city. <laughs> well, and then too, like you have the Hyatt that's right next to the convention center, and that failed like big time. Like there's there wasn't enough occupancy. There's not enough people going in there where the city had to take it over. You know, so that's 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 where I'm like, well. Yeah, well, what would it be if we get another convention center where this one's not doing so well with the neighboring hotels? You know what I mean? It's a tough balance, right? But um, what's your take on the uh, the houseless population? Like, how do you feel like we could do better in that aspect? I think we need to do something with people. Uh, one possible solution is tiny homes. Uh-huh. And putting them up, uh, we're—I uh, believe the city has uh, taken over or leased out mm-hmm. the old hotel on Houston Street. I think it was a Days Inn. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think we uh, we can provide a venue for them, but also we have to—they have to put some skin in the game. And there has to be some accountability with what they're doing and. Some of the folks that are out there don't want the structure that to live, you have to have to live somewhere. Mm-hmm. They, uh, many of them are self-medicating. Many of them have drug uh, and alcohol problems. But it's inherently unfair to have these people just roaming the street not holding them accountable so the problem is just getting worse and we're blessed with the climate that we have i know two years ago when we had snowman yeah right right that was a, that was a freaking nature <laughs> but we have a relatively mild climate mm-hmm. to where i've spoken with some of these folks and they're from up north and they're from other cities right and they gravitated down here but we have to get a better return on investment for what we're doing and have programs hold them accountable uh, i know sapd has a program where they can I believe the officers have a fingerprint reader where they can go and take their fingerprints and actually fast track getting them their credentials their birth certificate their social security card mm. and a state id well, yeah, because a lot of uh, nonprofit organizations have stopped doing those things to help the the houseless population get their ID and get that because they they stopped doing that. I know I don't know what reason if they don't have the resources or what, but I think that's that's definitely a step in the right direction if you help them yes. get that stuff. And we have programs also Habitat for Humanity, mm-hmm. an awesome program. When I was at St. Phillips, we worked with. We had a National Association of Home Builder chapter, oh. <laughs> that uh, student chapter, mm-hmm. and we actually got an award for first place in the nation for the uh, 
most active student chapter. Oh, we actually beat out Purdue and Stanford. Oh, wow. Little podunk. St. Philip's College. Go St. Phillips. Um, and just so everybody knows, we're at Fort Lauderdale's Coffee House here on 1526 Grayson, I believe. Uh, I can't read those little numbers right there. No. <laughs> <That is laughs> I think 1526 Grayson, I believe. Um, so thank you for allowing us to do our, our show here. Um, but uh, so if you hear a bunch of noise, there's some coffee machines going on. That's, that, that's why. So let's disregard that. <laughs> but uh, we wanted to be in a, in a small business um, to uh, be able to be here in the working environment. So that's that's the whole plan of this whole thing. So um, tell me, what's the first thing that you want to do um, that the community has told you um, that you want to work on if you do get into office? Like, because uh, I know you said what you want to do, but what does the community itself as well and you want to do enact if you get into office? I think people that I've spoken with, number one is crime right now. They don't feel safe in their homes. People tell me they hear gunshots on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. I hear gunshots at my house. They're almost on a daily basis, and it's to the point where my dogs don't even bark. They look at me. My, I've got a Pyrenees mix, and he looks at me. Should I bark that? <laughs> and yeah. people don't feel safe in their homes. So what do you think would be a... a I'm not asking for a solution, but what would you think would be a step in the right direction? It's going to be a long-term solution. I think we have to do more, engage more with our youth. We need more opportunities. Like in the past, they used to have Midnight Basketball League, mm -hmm. and they had rec centers. And I experienced back when, decades ago, we would go to the Parks and Recreation Parks to go play softball at night and uh, it was constantly we played cat and mouse with the park police because they would come run us off because <laughs> they'd come by and the lights would be on and uh, I don't know and would you rather kids be out playing basketball or baseball right. in city parks or would you rather them be going into mischief yeah you know doing things and getting into so we, yeah. we need more positive we need more role models for our kids. Yeah, especially like male role models too. Like for, for a lot of the, the male youth, it's it's not there. No, you know, it's definitely not there. And you know, a lot of these issues do stem from having a father and not having a male role model. Um, so, do you do you would you like to see something that that would combat that? Yes, I would. Care County started a program years ago where if a youngster was brought in to the juvenile justice program there the juvenile probation department they were assigned a mentor right out right out the gate and they have to meet with that mentor at least once a month sometimes every week depending on the situation and they also invested in a two-story house there like a half home? well it was a house where the kids could go they could go do laundry they had internet access so they could go work on their homework 
they had laundry facilities because some of these some of these youngsters didn't have their families didn't have washers and dryers so they couldn't wash clothes mm. and they could also meet with their mentor right at this place there were uh, they could take a shower if they didn't have facilities at home they also uh had internet access they could just hang out yeah their recidivism rate dropped to i believe between five and six percent and it got so low that they had to close their detention facility because they didn't have kids coming in so they put themselves out of business got rid of it did they get rid of they, it they closed it they got rid of that 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 program i believe it's still in effect but doing things like that thinking outside the box and we have people that uh especially i think some of the youth that are having issues Mm -hmm. uh, we have we just need to dig deep and reach in the community and get mentors to talk with them even in the uh even in trades even in the academic arenas you know which one's a good one that I think a lot of people would gravitate towards is like um, uh, for the restaurant industry or like making your own restaurant or food truck. That's that's blown up in the recent time frame. Like um, getting in the food service industry, as in like as a chef or the culinary arts. That that has yes. grown out a lot of a lot recently. Yes. yes. And St. Phillips has a culinary arts okay. program also. Yeah. They uh have a they have a really good program. I've actually gotten to be a taste tester <laughs> for some of their cuisine. You know what they should do is and I don't know, I, I follow a lot of the, the foodies in, in San Antonio, but there's this one signs of tailgate that's uh it's a it's an event over at uh What's that place called? Right by uh, Brackenridge, by um, by the zoo. Not the tea garden, but the sunken gardens. Okay. They have, a, they have an event there that's it's like fifty chefs in the area, right? In the in San Antonio, that they make this food. And you get to test it. You, you tr- not test it, but you try it, and you vote for whoever's the best one, right? Okay. They have one. They have a, they had a school Brackenridge. I believe it was Brackenridge. Um, their culinary uh, group—they came out. And their kids are students, sure. and they came out and they they go and present their food. So it, it'd be cool to have other schools, um, high schools, or even colleges to come out and have their own event of in the culinary arts. That I think that yes. would be, I think that would be really cool. Oh yes, because we've got talent out there yeah we do sometimes we forget that 97 percent of the youngsters out there are good solid kids yeah and it's three percent that give them the bad name that get into trouble well it's the product of their environment too that that's not oh, definitely. yeah definitely. so it's you know you grow up in a home that that you know there's a lot of issues you know what i mean yes and we see that a lot with kids that are going to other schools and you know You'd like, oh man, like I can just tell, you know, it's just just a bad environment. It's not not a good good environment for these kids, and they pick up what they learn. They they're very smart, like you said, very smart, and they pick up things that ha- are happening around them, and they try to emulate it. Seguin High School 
just recently they had an article in the Seguin Gazette and the construction program at Seguin High School builds walls for Habitat for Humanity at the school. And they're actually, it's enriching for them because they actually know that what we're doing, we're putting these walls together and it's going to make the difference. It's making somebody's house. Yeah. Somebody's going to live. We're doing it. Yeah. And it's, you know, kudos for the program out there. Yeah, for sure. But we need more outside the box because it, one person can't do everything. Yeah. But yeah. if everybody just does a little bit to make things better for somebody. Right. It's, uh, that's. Yeah, at least do some, something. Like you said, thinking outside the box is the biggest issue, right? Because we we don't think that we're going to make an impact, right? A lot of people think, oh, well, I'm not going to make an impact on something. But if it's something that you're passionate about, um, then try it. Maybe you'll affect somebody around you, you know, somebody, somebody that's younger, you know. Um, you just never know who you're going to affect. So. Yes. Uh, Betty asks, uh, will you interview all the candidates for D2? I, I called most of them. Um, there's, there's one, I believe, that didn't have an actual number or email. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, if, if any District 2 candidates have not heard from me, um, please reach out. I did call pretty much everybody that was on the list and, and email. So, um, yeah, so I, I have tried to reach out to everybody. Um, so far right now, I have four that are out of the 10. Was it 10 people that are running? Nine. Nine, okay. Uh, four out of the nine that have responded, and obviously we're here with Mr. Good. Um, so we have two already, and then we have one hopefully here later, uh, 11, and then uh, next week. So, um, so yeah, uh, Seniors vote. Yes, seniors do vote. Seniors do vote a lot. Uh, but how do we get the young people to vote? That's the biggest thing. How do we get the young people to care? It's like eating an elephant. You do it one bite at a time. <laughs> I, I have intentions of going out to some of the schools, high schools in the district, yeah. to uh, reach out to the younger people yeah and even if they don't vote just talking to them about career availability and what's out there just to try and do their interest right yeah and if anybody has any connections with um some of the kids if they my my also goal too was to have some kids that are interested in government come out be like a co-host ask candidates sure. questions and you know I, I i think that would be a great little segue for that for them to be able to be interested for them to be able to learn something and to get into not being wary of asking people these questions or you know sure. I, mean, I think that that'd be a real positive thing to do because as a voter you're the boss yeah yeah and so we don't feel like it sometimes well, <laughs> and, and i think that it's a problem because people don't hold politicians accountable. They don't hold their feet to the fire. You know, you're the boss. And if you have a problem, you need to call and you need to be relentless. 
it's just hard though because we see things that we see a broken system we see a lot of people not getting held accountable you know let's just say for example you know district 10 you know council councilman you know gets arrested and gets put on on leave request time off you know and uh, all, all that happens is just okay well i'm not gonna run for re-election or you know um i think he i think councilman perry's been done a great job uh but people are like well that's that's it <laughs> you know that's all that happens you know you know and and at the end of the day it's it's a uh, oh what are you gonna do if it was somebody like like us or whatever we'd oh. still be trying to raise funds for bail <laughs> right yeah so not for re-election uh you know, so I mean, it's it's just one of those things that um, we kind of see like a double standard, you know, and, and what would have happened if it was somebody else, you know, and, and it's just, it's hard to, it's hard when that's staring at you right in the face. There and, is a double standard. Look at Rosie Freeland Gonzalez with getting caught with a gun at the airport. Uh, if that was us, you know, they'd be sticking us in the van and we'd be straight to jail. And I think she paid a fine. Yeah. It's just not, uh, you have to hold everybody accountable at the same level. Yeah. You know, and, and I get, I get there's, there's different situations, whatever, um, you know, but I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's hard when you have these situations and people are like, what's going, what's going to happen? And things, things don't happen. Like nothing happens. To, to some of the people and and you know i don't know it's just it's it's hard because we want everybody to we know that people are perfect right but are you going to admit your mistake are you going to do something about it what are you, what are you going to do about it you know and what what are you going to be held accountable for so and i think that's where the biggest issue with like police police reform or police accountability that that's a big issue that people are concerned about but what we were talking about earlier is some people they don't want to push on the um they don't want to mess with the funding of the police department to make it less or whatever they 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 don't want to mess with the whole police force itself but they want some accountability we do i went and i was looking we spend in bear county over a billion dollars a year for law enforcement. When you take into account all the school district, police departments, Alamo Community Colleges has close to 100 sworn officers. You know, all the school districts, VIA has their officers. Yeah. You know, obviously uh, the city in Bear County, the jail, are spending over a billion, million with a B, a thousand million, that's a, that's a pretty <laughs> tall stack of $100 bills on a pallet. Yeah. And are we getting the return on investment for that? Yeah. I just, for what we're spending, uh, and, and also in all fairness to the police department and the sheriff's department, law enforcement, we put everything on their shoulders. There's a barking dog called police. Oh yeah, yeah. I didn't get I didn't get my my French fries are cold. <laughs> Call nine one one. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's a there's a man walking down the street 
Right, right. I, I don't like the looks of him. He's, he's <laughs> sketchy. Yeah, well, that's, yeah, that's the thing is there, there's no crime committed for suspicious behavior. You know, no, like, just walking down the street yeah, is yeah. not an offense. Right. But that's the thing that, that some people, especially people of color, have been on the receiving end of of issues of they've been mistaken identity, been walking down the street, and then police come and like, hey, you know, what Wait. are you doing? Yeah, and then you're not required to give your ID. No, you're, you're not required. Yeah, unless you commit a crime. Be, having suspicious behavior is not considered a crime. You could be filming all the all around here. Yes. The eyes can't trespass. Right, yeah. You cannot, you cannot, but yet the police do push that. Like, hey, you need to steal my ID because probable cause. No, it's not probable cause. You know, and that's, that's where there's an issue. And then you have a lot of people of color getting arrested, even getting murdered for something that was even, they didn't even do, you know? Um, and that's where the issue is, is where there are people that are being hurt in that aspect and the police are not being held accountable. No, I, and even though they're not persons of color, the uh, young man that was shot by the incarnate word police oh, officer yeah. about 10 years ago, yeah. the uh, young man, six year, I believe he was six-year-old, Cameron Prescott was his name, and the sheriff's department was chasing this woman, and they opened fire on this woman on the front porch of his trailer house, one of the plugs went through the wall or door of the trailer house and struck Cameron and killed him. He had just gotten home from his school to start Christmas break. And he was sitting there, I believe he was playing with Lego pieces, something, and nothing happened. Right. The, uh, I was told by somebody that the officer that killed the young man from Incarnate Word, that he, uh, that he's working for the city of Poteet as a sergeant. <laughs> it's just, in, in all fairness also, we have some top cops here. Uh, Bobby Decker, who was killed when he was pursuing robbery, people who were robbing businesses mm -hmm. and was shot. Uh, he was a top cop. He, uh, he's, he was from the south side. Uh, he actually taught a friend of mine how to weld. Mm. That, that guy was an at-risk youngster. He actually took the time to teach him how to weld. Uh, we have some great officers, and every once in a while we get somebody who has issues, obviously. Uh, Desi Rios was one who was an academy instructor officer who shot the young man at mcdonald's oh last, yeah yeah last year yeah now when we tend to sensationalize those and they're horrific but we don't we don't give the officers that do things that go and buy food for people you know that go and do a lot of good deeds they don't get the press that they need and for the officers we're, yeah we're constantly pounding on them yeah, right, right. It demoralizes them yeah. because a lot of them they got into law enforcement to help people and make society better. Yeah, uh, it's just uh, it's tough. Yeah, for sure. Um, change of topics. Uh, what's on your uh, What's on your music playlist? 
I listen to a lot of different things. I listen to jazz, listen to old school rock and roll. What's your go-to song? I uh, I usually listen to 106.7. Oh, okay. Okay. And, uh, I just, uh, I drive a lot and I'm out of town, so sometimes I'm gone and I'm searching because there's no <laughs> radio stations. And, uh, I'm not bilingual, but sometimes that's all that's out there. You've got to have something that's better than static. So no no uh, Spotify or anything? No. No? Okay. Just uh, whatever's, I just roll with whatever's on the... <laughs> Gotcha. On the air. Um, what's a good District 2 restaurant that you like? A local. Local. I like Basie's. Uh, it broke my heart when Mr. and Mrs. Bees, but that was an awesome place. Uh, Caparelli's is another. I'm not sure if they're District 2. They're off the South Cross for Italian. I go to Italian place. But Mr. and Mrs. G's used to be the pork chops. Yeah. Oh, man. He said. <laughs> and, uh, I went in there one time, and uh, Miss G was there, and she was watching what was going on. And I was with a friend of mine who's kind of, he gets kind of snarky. And uh, you put him in his place. <laughs> and, uh, but, uh, that's awesome. Basies. Yeah. Is another gem. Okay. Well, that one. That's the one Nacogdoches. They have they have one What's on uh, on WWY. Oh, okay, okay, okay. They uh, they're not there. Gotcha. They're they're pretty solid. Okay. Um. Um. Yeah, and I have my old school notes here today. Um, <laughs> um, construction. How do you feel about the construction in D2? Um, you know, there's a lot of businesses that have been affected um, in other areas, but um, construction on D2, are you seeing a lot of problems with it? Like some of the other areas, like St. Mary's and all that? There are some areas that are affected. I mean, anytime you have any kind of disruption, I mean, you're always going to have people up. Oh, I'm not going over there. Yeah, I'm yeah, gonna, yeah. I'm going to take a detour, and it uh, it hurts business. Right. And I mean, small business is the lifeblood. Yeah. Of any area, you have these these folks that these. And I like going to mom and pop places. I, mean, I would rather go to uh, the burger place that's right there. Can't think of it now. The Lord's Kitchen. The which one? The Lord's Kitchen. The Lord's Kitchen? Yes. Oh, yeah? They're, uh, and they're out of the way. I mean, if you don't know, if you don't know they're there, you're, uh, you know, you'll drive right past it. <laughs> but, uh, it's just those small mom and pop places. Yeah, that, yeah. You know, they had a dream and, you know, they, they rolled all those nickels, dimes, and quarters together to get it on the road. Yeah. And it just, uh, Businesses are struggling. Yeah, well, and, I mean, too, is you have to be, um, you have to compete with a lot of the other small businesses, small businesses that are popping up, like all these food trucks and all that. Yes. You got to keep innovating, keep better, keep getting better. 
customer service. That's you know that's another thing that a lot of people have seemed to have. Uh, they're like the complaint is like customer service sometimes isn't there. You know, with some of the businesses, you know, um, especially like the the bigger businesses, that customer oh, yeah. service isn't there. But, oh, yeah. but you know, a lot of stuff is is going fast. And a lot of these small businesses don't have act, like active like social media websites. They don't have. Um, they only take cash, you know. Like yeah, there's a lot of no. Their chalkboard is yeah. their advertising <laughs> venue, right? Yeah. So you know, it's 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 also that mentality. Like, okay, we need to get get ahead. You need to go progress. Um, and some of these mom and pop places, they don't want to progress. It's like, nah, we don't need to, you know. But then there are some that they don't even know how to, you know. Um, so I think there are some some entities that are helping those businesses out. You know, there's one that that um, friend of mine is is uh, promoting small business with the social media platform. You know, and there's several social media entities like like influencers or whatever, or or people that have a big social media following. That if they tell their followers, "Hey, we're going here," or try this place out, they're going to go try it out. They better have the freezer stock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you know, and it's it's a uh, it's good those small businesses, but. You know that's not going to happen every time. You know they no. need to keep innovating, keep getting progressing. So um, it's sad when you see some of these places go, but if people don't frequent them. You know for whatever reason, whether it food not might be might not be good, or the prices are too high, or it's just out of the way, or there's construction in the way. I mean, there's several issues. You know what I mean? So yes. or service. Me personally, I'm loyal. If uh, you, if you have good food. And you have good service, I'm coming back. <laughs> yeah. And if I have to park or I have to go and navigate treacherous canals <laughs> and you know, Swim to torn get up there. the roads, <laughs> I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back Yeah, because I want to support you. I want to support your business. Right. I want to support your staff. Yeah. yeah. And we, uh, we need to support the small restaurants instead of going to mcdonald's or whataburger you know, go to the small places yeah and yeah and not to say that those aren't aren't bad like but yeah like you said like that's the whole point of reason why i wanted to do these interviews in a local restaurant or local uh establishment in the area because we kind of we got to help you know small businesses out we got to bring people to come out you know yes frequent these places you know what i mean so it's a it's just one of those things but um how do people get a hold of you how um are you block walking do you have any events coming up that you're gonna be at i'm block walking and knocking doors i knocked some doors this weekend and uh i uh email somebody wants to reach out to me and email it's uh M is in Michael, J is in John, G is in Good, S is in Sam, A is in Apple, T is in Tom, X is in X-ray, 882 at hotmail.com. You said AA? 888. Eight, eight, like eight, 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 oh, okay. 88. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. And my phone number also, somebody wants to reach out to me on my phone number, it is 210-296-4823. I uh, welcome your calls, and like I said, you're the boss, and <laughs> yeah. I'm applying for a job yeah, yeah. with you. I uh, 
want to hear your concerns. I want to hear what's going on. If elected, I will have, you will have access. When you call, uh, I will do everything I can so that there's a person that answers that phone because nothing frustrates me when, I, more than when I'm upset yeah. and I call. Yeah. And I, if this press one, if this yeah. press two, because I want my concerns right. voiced and I want somebody to hear me. So yeah. you won't have that cell phone. I will have another one. Right. Uh, my cell phone is pretty battered, but it still works. But <laughs> you will have access to me if you have questions. I uh, I want your questions. I want your feedback. Uh, if I'm doing good, you know, let me know. And if I'm not, call me up and give me a verbal kick in the butt. <laughs> ultimately, you're the boss, and right. this uh, this machine is your machine. Yeah, and it's not. Now, this city, these facilities, they don't belong to city council or the city manager, the mayor. They belong to you. Very upsetting when I heard that the city manager spent all that money, uh, the mayor spent all that money on blinds for his office when there's people that can't pay their water bill, they can't pay their electric bill, and we're sitting, we have remote control blinds because we're just, we're up in the ivory tower. I want to hear from you. Yeah. With, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly, you know, your concerns so that we can work. Uh, there's a lot of issues. Uh, animal care service is a big issue for me. I have volunteered with Wildlife Rescue and Rehabilitation since 2006. Like we were discussing, I have pets. Uh, we're euthanizing these animals that can be sent to other states to loving homes or also. There's military folks out there also that can uh, benefit from having a service animal. You know, and we shouldn't be euthanizing these animals just because of a cost issue. Because we, it, it boiled my blood when I heard when we had the 300th anniversary that they spent $40,000 to put the 300 logo on manholes, on manhole covers. $40,000 and $40,000 when you're looking at it from a scope of you know billions of dollars is not a lot, but you can do a lot with $40,000. Right. Yeah. You, you can build, uh, you know, you can do a lot of things. You can, you can put HVAC systems in, you know, get a lot of air conditioners for people that don't have air conditioning, uh, help a lot with $40,000. Yeah. It's a lot. It's, it's a pretty thick stack of hundred dollar bills. Yeah. And just to waste it on manhole coverage and, there was one of the news outlets was downtown, and they're like, uh, they were stopping random people, and they're saying, uh, "What's that? What does that mean?" And then, uh, <laughs> you know, and somebody, it's it's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> um, Betty says, uh, "This is great. This is a way to get to know the candidates. So very important. Thank you, thank you, Betty." Um, thank you, thank you for tuning in. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then, how about all those trips? Yeah, those trips to like uh, they've had. Some of the city council go to trips to like uh, the sister cities, like in India or uh, some random places that they've gone. I don't know if you've seen those recently, but I have. I I'm not big into flying. Yeah, I'm actually scared of heights. If God wanted me in the area to put butterfly wings on me, and He didn't. But no, it's uh. 
you know, again, you know, a, a trip like that, you know, going to Europe or going to these sister cities, you know, it's thousands of dollars. Yeah. You know, what can we, you know, what can we do with a thousand dollars here? You know, I could go and give somebody who's struggling a thousand, a thousand dollars would change, would change their life. Right. Yeah. Just because they could, you know, uh, pay for something, you know, a, a, a student, you know, $1,500, you can put a, a student through a semester of tuition at St. Phillips. Yeah. And actually, you know, get them in the nursing program, getting into, getting them into a program that will enhance their skill level. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, yeah, thank you. Uh, and, you know, we, it's funny that you mentioned the city, city uh, facilities. Um, I haven't been turned down yet specifically, but they told me that they would have to check and see if I could use a city facility to hold these interviews. Um, but it's probably not going to happen. <laughs> so I'm just like, oh, that sucks, you know. <laughs> and those, you know. those city facilities, you, you pay taxes. I know. <laughs> you know, those are our facilities. Yeah. They're not theirs to be yeah. turning people away. Yeah. I mean, unless as so well, long as you're not yeah. doing anything illicit, illegal, or right. immoral. Yeah. You know, and it's it's it, it's one of those things. And I actually I actually reached out to St. Phillips because I wanted to use one of their uh, community rooms or whatever. Sure. But they wouldn't work with me because I'm not a nonprofit and I'm not a for profit entity. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> you're just a taxpayer. I'm just a taxpayer. Just pay your just, taxes. Yeah. Or- Keep you know, quiet, so I'm like, okay, whatever. <laughs> so it wasn't in the cards, but uh, well, thank you, Michael. I appreciate it. Um, I appreciate you. Uh, anybody that wants to help, uh, reach out to them. Um, if you didn't get the number, just rewatch it. Uh, it's towards the end as well, but um, just reach out, uh, ask some questions as well. Um, again, there are going to there are nine city council district two candidates, so uh. I'm trying to do whatever I can to get all that info to you guys uh, to get each person on here. But again, they want to show up. They want to show up. But if they don't, I can't help that. <laughs> so um, if if you are a District 2 candidate and I have not, you have not heard from me, please reach out to me. Um, I have emailed and called everybody that I could um, that had information. But if you haven't heard from me, please reach out to me. Um, because this is the whole point of the show is to reach out to every single person so that way they get a fair fair say and everything. So but uh thank you, Michael. I appreciate it. Um thank you everybody for joining, listening, watching, and um stay engaged and you have a great day. You're the boss. Thank you. <laughs> yes, they are the boss, the public is the boss. Um don't forget that. So thank you guys. Okay, beats.